Kingdom with Hearts podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly. I'm back with Kat, and I'm back with Ellie, and we're talking about bookselling. Uh, this is Bodacious Booksellers Part 2. How are we feeling? Are we feeling loose? Are we feeling a little drunk? Just Kat a wee. sure is. Just a wee. I'm starving. You should. I always tell you to eat before these things. I tell you. I'm not done working. You should eat. Also, when you work. You work from yeah. home. Why aren't you shoving food while in your working? face with one hand and yes. frantically click on orders with your other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works out really yes. well. I just need someone to make the food for me. You should just start like <laughs> drinking soylent, so you just you can just drink all your meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's usually what I do. It just it tastes like uh, it tastes like Cheerio water or Cheerio milk. Oh, I was gonna say taste of humans, sir. <laughs> I don't understand either, but no to both. <laughs> okay. Huh. So his so his nutrient slurry is basically just soylent. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have not stopped talking about the scorpion. Huh. You should bottle it and sell it to He should, they can make money that way. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of food. So, like, so this I guy mean, could make scorpion, a killing. Scorpion jizz is the next. It's the next. No, it's uh, different than his jizz. Thing. It's not his jizz. He can. He usually does his jizz after. <laughs> Wait, is his jizz also <laughs> he, he packed does, with protein he, and nutrients? Probably, though? but not as much. It's not as calibrated. You know. Hmm. Well, I mean, Wait, maybe I, it's more about I, volume then. Maybe. No, I need to understand okay. this. Does yeah. he? Does he give the nutrients? From his from his dingus, his googer, and then immediately, <laughs> why do you have to call it that? I, I don't. And then does he immediately splooge afterwards? So basically, what she has to do is oh. give him a blowjob, <laughs> and while she's giving him the blowjob, he's just continuously dumping the nutrient slurry down her throat. And after that's done, he's in the middle of getting a blowjob. So then he does just get a blowjob. <laughs> So much better. It's so much better than I originally thought. I thought it was like <laughs> saving her life one cold desert night, but no, he's like, honey, you're gonna have to suck dinner time. Suck my dick if you want to live. Ding ding, time for supper. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be? <sighs> ding dong. Um. No. So stupid. <laughs> it, you know what's what's funny is also it is a little bit like 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 someone calling like a, a farmer to, in from the fields to have supper because he does have to take off uh, his his groin plate to to extrude his dingus. Um and it's kind of like opening a barn oh, door. Sorry. Really? Um <laughs> so Huh? Do you ha- do do you have a farmer? No, I think like I think we is... learned I don't Farmers in accounting for love. Big enough, like. <laughs> accounting for love like thoroughly turned me off of like modern farmers i may have a thing for like old timey farmers because like big mm-hmm. and also like simple but like modern farmers <laughs> this son of a bitch 
The whole plot revolved around the fact that he would not sell some of his wheat because it was his dad's last crop, and he was literally going to lose his farm because he would not sell the silo of wheat below the price his dad wanted to sell it at, which was like a hundred times more than, than market price. It was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Also, it takes place in Idaho. Anyway. Mm. I don't care. That was a romance novel? Yeah, it's called Accounting for Love. It's an episode. If you listen to my podcast like a true friend, uh, you would <laughs> you would know already. Um, but I've listened to some episodes of your podcast. Hey, which ones, bud? I just, the first one, the second one, and a couple parts of the ones with Brendan and Kat. Oh, have you actually listened to mine? Wait, which one? How which one? The like orc one or the fairy one? I'm worried... I started. Oh, a classic. Uh, a classic. Because I because I started it after you talked about it and then I was like, why do I do I I'm like I don't I don't remember it, but I can't listen to it. But I I, I do know there was so much talk about big dicks that I'm not even sure. Yeah. And okay. racism. Well, then I will do you. Yeah, I will that's do. True. I will not end the sentence with that. I will do you the that's favor. That's not a COVID safe activity, Allie. Yeah, I know. I've told you this many times. I will do you the favor of listening to that episode and then reporting back with the synopsis of what you actually said. Okay. I'm done with that. That works for me. Okay. All right. Sorry, Abigail. I guess we'll continue your podcast. Now. Okay. It's, we're it's ready. Fine. Uh, okay. We're talking about book selling again. <laughs> In this episode, we're talking about how bookselling works, why it's important, and uh, what we can do to help authors, what authors can do to help us help them, um, and the kind of, like, I, I think it would be helpful to talk about, like, some of the faux pas that, that like, self-published authors and stuff uh, make when they're trying to get, like, their books into the store. I think that happens more frequently than people yes. realize. There's also really good ways of doing it that make us, like, want to sell your book, right? Um, so, like, from a bookseller's perspective, let's help out some indie authors today. But All first... Right. Let's do it. My managers. Manager, capital M. Man- managi. My managi. <laughs> Oh, Sounds no. like an STD. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, how does book selling work? Um, well, you you get these things that are full of paper and words. Cool, a codex? And then you look, I mean, it's very similar. And then you look people who you don't know in the eye and you say, Lick them on the eyeball. This will make you happy. <laughs> or really sad, depending. Let me, yeah. let me maybe let me take over this. This, this will give you emotions. So. Basics of, basics of book selling. Get struck. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm tired and hungry. She's being held here against her will. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because, listener, to you, it's only been a short period of time. For it's us, it's been a we week for them the to be fair. To stay on track. <laughs> yeah, we're very bad at keeping <laughs> Um, The basics of book selling. So, it starts off with someone writing a book, right? Simple. Then that person uh, will get an agent. That agent will go to a publisher. The publisher will then publish a book. Now, this is where people don't really know about. this. This, The middle part 
is that publishers have um, reps. So there are reps in all parts of the country. Um, as a book buyer, I will meet with the rep. Um, I will look at like an online catalog of all of the books that they have to offer for that season. Um, I will put an order together and then me and the rep will discuss it. And we'll discuss it based on what will sell based on the store because I've worked with this person for many, many years. So they know, you know, hopefully would know my store and know what sells. Um, they would also let me know um, what the publisher is really excited about, you know, what reviews are coming out, what media they're doing, what publicity are doing. Um, this is a long-winded spiel just to let everyone know that reps are a very important part of the industry and should not be overlooked or replaced. Mm-hmm. Um and then, then it's, then I put the orders together and the books come into the store, right? Seems simple. There's a lot that goes in between all of it. There's so much work that goes into every single book. I can't even tell you how many people touch the book, read the book, think about the book, think about how to like market the book, um, there, there's so much work that goes into one book. It's almost a like dedicated love letter yeah. <laughs> um, for so many people. And in a way that, you know, credits roll at the end of the movie, it's the same way for books. You know, there's that many people who have done something to help this book live and breathe and come into your hands. In a traditionally published scenario. Um, yes. And and I think that I, I want to say in in all those steps, right? In all those different connections, the one constant, right, is the author. And I I can't overstate the difference it makes when an author makes personal contact with the reps, with the booksellers, with the bookstore as a whole. Um like I for instance, um Yingzi Chu, who wrote The Night Tiger, I sell her book once or twice a week now because I met her at, she was, she did an event at the old bookshop and she was a fucking delight. She was one of the nicest people I have ever met. She was articulate. She was gracious. She was interesting. And now every time I have somebody who comes up and he's like, I need a new mystery or I need a compelling read that's not too dark or whatever, right? Which is like that nonsense whenever somebody comes up and is like, I need a beach read. Cool. That means nothing. Uh, like oh I gosh. give them The Night yes, Tiger and I say, this is an amazing book. I give them like a, one or two lines about the plot. And then I say, also, the author is local and she's amazing. Uh, and And that like... Those personal connections, the space there in between, like, the rep pushing a book that they've spent, the publisher has spent a lot of money on for that season and is really putting a big bet on, right? And the books that kind of get, like, shuffled in there, maybe, maybe they get a little bit bit of promo, maybe they get a mention by the rep. A lot of times, most books don't, right? But, like, the real difference, when an author, like, calls up a bookstore and says, hey, I've got this book out. Do you have it in your store? I'd be happy to come by and sign some or whatever. Or when they just like happen to be visiting a city and they're nice to the booksellers. Yeah. I will s- never forget and I will sell your book till the day I die. Yeah. It means a lot when you are nice. And it makes us want to push your book way When more. you're not. There are yep. other- 
that are fucked. When you're not, we immediately turn around and absolutely talk trash for forever. We will never forget that <laughs> yeah, either. Seriously. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, and I I think that that is a a component of this that I gets lo- gets lost. I also think that to a certain extent, right? It is it's really daunting. All of those steps are really daunting, particularly now that so many authors, I would say most authors, even traditionally published authors, right, are expected to be their own publicity teams. Um yeah. Especially now that we're getting into this like mega conglomeration of publishing houses, right? They, they have only so many resources and so much bandwidth to promote so many books, right? Uh, to the fullest extent of their abilities, even when they acquire all of them. Um, they're just inherently not going to devote as much time and energy to all of the books that they have. Um, so an author is expected to do most of their own promo now. And that is beyond reaching, I think, readers on their own, reaching booksellers is incredibly important um and that's that's way more powerful yeah i mean we're going to continue to sell your book whereas a a reader is probably only going to buy your book once yeah and also remember that booksellers you know especially if a bookseller is established in a bookstore and has been working there for a while they have people who trust them and love them Mm -hmm. like there are people who will come to us specifically by Mm -hmm. name and be like hey I know you, I love your recommendation, whatever you give me, I trust mm-hmm. you. There's nothing better than a person who you recommend five books immediately. They're like, yeah, I'll take all five. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's wait, the wait, best wait, what? You want, are, are you sure? You don't want me to tell you more? Are you like, are you, yeah. are you positive? You could just take one. It's fine. Or none. Yeah. That's okay. I, I will get my feelings hurt. I just, I just really wanted to tell you about how much I love this book. It's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. You can take a picture for later. It's okay. <laughs> the one so the one thing if we're if we're just gonna dive right into um how to how to be a successful author um one of the things that you should never ever ignore is your local bookstore i know it's really really exciting to think nationally but stop think literally like citywide mm-hmm. make friends with all of the local bookstores in your area be nice, be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more authors who sell better and end up becoming national bestsellers by just starting within their own like five mile radius mm-hmm. of their house. And it's so important mm-hmm. because a lot of bookstores are, you know, the they're, they're local neighborhood bookstores. So they're serving a very specific type of people. You target enough neighborhoods you know, there's multiple booksellers that are going to be looking out for you and trying to sell your book and keeping it on a table. Yeah. And who are always going to have that, like, I think, what's what's our, like, mental index? I think I probably have 15 or 20 books that I pull out of my brain, just depending on, like, who's asking, right? But I have maybe, like, five mystery novels that I keep in the back of my head, like, five just general fiction, five historical slash science, and then, like, a smattering of young adults and and romance and and uh you know like middle grade right i think we all have our like base titles that we pull out more often than not which is why we like stock specific books like our favorites right um like mm-hmm. we were talking about not while we were recording um maybe 
I don't remember now. Uh, my how one of my <laughs> favorite books to conversation we've to, had. Uh, to to recommend is Emily Winsnap, and yeah. and uh, you know I will I will sell Emily Winsnap probably once a week, you know, um, and and if. And if that's like one of your one of your road dogs, you know, one of the ones that you just keep in your mental catalog and you always whip out whenever a kid needs a recommendation, like you want to be that person. How you get to be at the top of the consideration pile for that list in the back of the booksellers' minds is actually making contact with the booksellers and like being cool about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not being and, uh, pushy and not yes. There, there, there are certain <laughs> miscalculations you can make. Mr. Abraham Lincoln is coming to mind. Oh God, Jesus Christ! And like, <laughs> you had dead President Abraham Lincoln come to your bookstore? No, there was this local author. Okay, so let let me back up. If you are not getting published by a major publishing house doesn't mean you're a bad writer. It honestly doesn't. Self-publishing does not mean you're a bad writer. There's just so much content out there. It's really, really difficult for publishers to keep up. There's just too much. So a route that um, you can go, a route that some authors go, is they self-publish. And if you self-publish, you the best thing for you to do, the one thing that every bookstore will do, and they won't really, usually they won't hesitate to do so, is if you are local to their area, you c- they will take your book on consignment, which means basically they'll hold your book, they'll put it on the shelf. If it sells, you'll get paid. If it sells, they'll ask you for more books. It's a great system for us mm. because it means we're not losing out on money when our margins are already really thin. And it's great for you because if you keep sending everyone you know to that bookstore, mm. if you send your neighbors, your friends, your family, everyone you know, suddenly our sales are through the roof for that one book and we're going to keep calling you to bring it in. However. However. There is a limit of how pushy you can be mm-hmm. <laughs> before your plan of making a bookstore loves you <laughs> backfires. And then I want to hide your book under... Well, I want to burn your book, basically. Yes. We 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 will as soon as you leave, we will turn that face out into one single book, just tucked as far into the shelf as we can possibly manage. <laughs> or just buying a lot of other books that are very similar to your book, but <laughs> better. <laughs> we had so we had one person come in and and she had written a novel about abraham lincoln was not a novel it was not a novel no it's not i'm sorry it's not a novel it's a nonfiction. <laughs> it's a nonfiction. did you know that he wrote he wrote no a nonfiction book he's writing his next book but this one was about abraham lincoln it really as a bookshop we should do better by him uh and sell it more we we should i i, I brought in my mistake i brought in another book about abraham lincoln and then um i was told multiple times how shit that book was <laughs> how dare I bring it in and how I should put his book on the table instead. I huh. I think yeah. I mean there's a it's a fine line, right? Like what is self-promo and like fighting for yourself, right? And and fighting to be heard. And then what is what is being a straight goojer about it, right? Like this, this like 
You really had to bring up the word Guja again, huh? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I think, like, I don't know. It's... You can't be too polite, is all I'm saying. Like, you just... You 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 can't. Even when you're being pushy, if you're always being too polite, you'll never go wrong. You'll just be... Or too gracious. Yeah, you'll just be the super nice lady whose book maybe we don't, like, super enjoy, but she's so nice. Or, you know, they're so nice that, like, yeah, of course. And honestly, even when they're a dick, usually we'll, we will continue to stock their book because we do want them to succeed. They're a local author that, like, takes preference. Um, there's a lot of books where I, I used to, like... I used to go up to Kevin and be like, Kevin, we've had these on the shelf for four years. I've never seen one sold. Our last sale was in 2018. Can we please send these back? And he's like, nah, I know her. She's she's a local author. We can't. And I'm like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bookstores want to support local authors. Like, yeah. We genuinely understand the struggle of being an author. It's not fucking no. easy, guys. It's it's easy for a very few select people. Mostly, it's always a struggle. And even if a book becomes a bestseller, that person, it doesn't mean that they're automatically like a bajillionaire. No. They have to work really, really hard and they don't make a lot of money. And I think, you know, I mean, yeah, we definitely get people who come in who are who are traditionally published, who are just like authors. I got a phone call the other day at the bookshop. I was like, this guy was like, I just want you to know that I was just featured in the Chronicle, and you know, I was wondering if you stocked my book, and you nice. know, and I was like, oh, that's that's fantastic. Thank you for letting me know. So that way, also, yeah, when people start asking for your book, I'm not like, whomst? <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because that happens way more often than you'd think. All of a sudden, one day, everyone's asking for this one book, and I'm like, oh. I don't know. I've never heard of that book before. There was an illustrator who came by the other day and was very kind and brought literally brought finished copies of her of her books and was like, "Hey, could you think about stocking these?" And so I put them on my reorder PO. Who was it? I was like, oh, you know, she had a name. Can we? Can we? Allie, yeah. though, can do you want to maybe talk about um, what it's like for a author to tell you how to? display and or hand sell her book mm, i feel like that might be getting a little bit too far into particulars and i don't want to um <laughs> make anyone mad <laughs> but all i'll say is there is a difference between just i understand that you have written and put a lot of work into a book but my entire job is selling books. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not my entire job. I have a lot of other things. That's that like do, the most important part of your job, though, reasonably. Like, like, yeah, a yeah. big, a big, big part of my job. And the, the part of my job that got me into this field is selling books to yeah. people. So I understand if you want to, like, give me a synopsis. That's super helpful. Or, like, lead me to spaces where there are reviews. That's great. Or say, hey, I have these... Like, giveaway things that you can do. That's fine. But my job is a bookseller, and I am not always perfect at my job, but I'm pretty good at it. I've been doing it for a while. So you don't actually need to tell me how to do my job. I can do that thing. I've been doing it. <laughs> <sighs> Honestly, we're... we're and I know it's your book, but we are probably better at selling your book 
to other customers than you are simply because we've been doing it between the three of us for probably almost 30 years. We, we know how to do it. We know how to sell a book to a customer. So just let us do what we're good at, you know? Also, Another tip for the wise, remember that at the end of the day, we are a business and the point is, is for us to make money. That is very important. If we can't make money, we can't stay open. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a limit to how much you can ask of us. And I think- Which is why it's great when you actually buy all five of the books we yes. recommend. <laughs> yes. I, you know, and I think, I think this is hard also because we're in a, we're in a shifting era of publishing right never more so than right now in the middle of covid right this idea of like all of the traditional publishers are melting into one super publisher that will inevitably oh implode oh my god cuz it just cannot sustain itself mm-hmm. uh no. and this this bloated oh, corpse bobbing oh, up on god. the surf of the market you know <laughs> oh, it will eventually explode um or you know have its flesh eaten Gross. off by a tiny fish uh, except for its feet okay, so you're d- your descriptions are beautiful, and I can see why you're a writer, Abigail, but this is taking it a step too far. No, I Because love, I love. that was horrifying. That was a horrifying way to describe the horrible conglomeration of publishing houses that has occurred. All that's le- all that will be left worst. one day, all that will be is left. Is the feet washed up on the shore. On the shore yes. in the shoes that do look footy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? <laughs> no, I didn't. Are you saying that they have those shoes that like you stick your toes into the individual? No, because that's a also full terrible. shoe looks footy. A, sh- what a shoe that's mean? full of foot looks footy. <laughs> I don't think this is. I don't that think is, this is no. a thing. It, that is, you think it is a thing. Oh, you guys know about no. the foot thing, don't you? Yes, yes, I know first, about the that's foot one of the thing. the first fucking things you told me when I hired you, you crazy bitch. <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, but it does look funny. Yeah. No. Uh, the the really difference between an sh- empty that. shoe, a shoe that you've taken off when you come home and you put next to the door, if you're a reasonable human being who doesn't wear your nasty San Francisco street shoes in the house, and, the, and a shoe that has a foot in it is a different shape. A shoe that has a foot in it looks Footy. <laughs> did you have to get closer to the mic? I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. anyway. We're going to agree to disagree about the whole <laughs> thing, and we can leave your foot so fetish for another corpse. day. <laughs> so... <laughs> I all I'm saying is we're in this really this this shifting environment where it becomes... It seems to make more and more sense to become at least a hybrid author which you know does traditional and also self-published, but honestly, we're 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 moving towards a space where it's it's probably going to make more sense for most people to be primarily self-published. If that is the case, how do these people get their books into the bookstore, and like down to the bones of the book? How do we make it so these books are to to, to the average consumer seem? just as worthwhile and not immediately identifiable as self-published work as as every other book so many yes yes so many thoughts my first thought is the cover art oh my god literally you guys don't even understand how important it is you know how everyone says don't judge a book by its cover that's all we do fuck that fully judge it bullshit 
that is the as as a I have been a buyer for many many mm-hmm. years now. I am telling you, I judge every book by its cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because one, I like pretty covers, mm-hmm. and two, yeah. I know what's going to sell off a table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's you have to get a good cover. I know it's difficult. You might not be an artist yourself. However, if there's a local art school in your oh, neighborhood, oh, go after it. Pay a starving student. Also, I will say, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, as illustrator Abigail's putting her hat on. She's 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 got her her her. Uh... Right, I'm gonna need you to really put it on. I'm gonna need you to try harder. Okay. Put it on, Abigail. Hold on. As long as you don't talk about more bloated corpses, I'm. Fine well, I'm talking. I'm talking about art school, so it's inevitable. Uh, <laughs> okay, I put on my tiara. All right. As an illustrator, here's what I'm going to tell you. There are so many of us. And there are so many of us who do not know our worth. And we will <laughs> we will give you work for way below what we should should be charging you. That being said, I'm going to go out on a limb and just blanket statement here. You should not you should not be designing your own covers. I know that's mm-hmm. hard. I know that's a hard thing to accept. But just like you should not diagnose yourself with some sort of terminal illness before seeing an actual From professional. WebMD. No matter yes. no matter what you're feeling. Uh, you should probably get a second opinion from somebody who went to school for that thing, who knows what they're doing, who can look at it with a critical eye. You are not capable of that inherently. I'm not capable of that. I, for all of my my tremendous skill, uh, should not and don't want to design oh my, my own covers <laughs> um, because they. It's but you already did. Do I that, do it. Per, I do it personally. I but I but I, that's not even a cover I would ever actually consider releasing if I were to self publish. Um, because I don't think it would sell. I find it aesthetically pleasing to myself, but as an actual marketable cover, it doesn't say fuck all about the actual book. That being said, mm. like I, you are probably not the artist you think you are. And if you do not think that you need to be an artist to design a book cover, you're wrong. Totally wrong. So, <laughs> so wrong. I'm just, and it's difficult and expensive and, and you probably don't even know where to start and you have an image in your head of what you want and you cannot deviate. Yes, that's Charlie Bowater. Yes, you can find her on Instagram. I know exactly who designed that cover. I, she does such good she job. She does. She, every every single book Instagram. she does, though, every character looks exactly the same. Um, oh. They literally all have the same exact face. And very skinny necks. I like a beefier neck. But you do just want do the like beefiest beefy people. Yeah. So, I also, I, I also am going to say here, this is difficult, and I, and I fully understand. And I'm not saying every color cover needs to be illustrated. I'm saying it needs to be designed by a professional graphic yes. artist, mm-hmm. at least graphic designer, at least. Um, and I and I know that that's tough to swallow. I'm also going to say a pet peeve of mine is uh, the finish on the books. Oh God! I, I hate feel it. you. I think we all know when we pick up a book mm-hmm. when it feels cheap, it feels cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trade paperbacks 
are not expensive books. You can get a trade paperback for like mm, seven eighty five or something like that, right? Nine dollars max usually. Um, no, that's the mass market. Mass market, yes, mass yes, market. mass market. Um, and they do not have glossy covers. They they have like usually like uh like a standard paper texture. It's not matte. It's you know the whatever is in between there. Um, you know, and it's it's simple. It's not it's not particularly fancy one way or the other, but it feels legitimate. It feels like a legitimate normal book. Something yes. about those those small press self-published books that we get sometimes, which are either the super hyper glossy, like with with a bad yeah, cover. Shiny does not mean better. No, in fact it, it it implies cheapness. Um and yeah. then on the flip side of that, the hyper matte also, oh god, I hate what it does is it it feels wrong. It feels wrong. Yeah. It also actually sucks the color out of the book. So the the matte texture mm. gives a film of gray over the whole thing, especially over time. It actually does not age well. So it it, it cheapens oh, from an artist's mouth. My yes, it, it cheapens your whole thing. So. And I and again, I'm going to say this is really hard because a lot of people do not have the money to invest in like, you know, uh, printing these books well right that's an expensive thing that's a really expensive thing i know i've looked into it right like or getting a cover designer you're also getting a formatter you're paying for a copy editor if you can afford one like all of this stuff it's really difficult on top of doing your own marketing and doing your legwork and talking to booksellers this is really really hard the reason i think it's worth it is because we will continue to sell your fucking book yeah We'll put it on the table. A very big distinction, which I don't think people understand, is that usually you go into a bookstore and there are tables with new releases. Those are bread and butter. We make the most money off of those tables. The books that are in section don't really make a whole lot of money because people don't really go back there, right? The tables are like what catches people's eye, what makes people excited. We know that it's the easiest way for a person to browse. So we put those books there. Those books need to look good. They need to feel good. They need to catch someone's mm-hmm. eye. Once we put it back in section, it doesn't mean the book's going to die. It it just means that it's going to take longer for someone to find your book. Yeah. Because then someone like me, who Kat would hate, will come into the bookstore where I went into where Kat used to work and just completely ignore all of the tables that she put together so, so nicely and would just go to the shelf and not look at any of the tables at all yes. ever. Yeah, but you're a bookseller, so you like you look for the gems. A difference in- yeah, I, I, God, I'm just getting flashbacks of pyramiding. <gasps> um. Oh, it's always so fun to do that, ain't it? I cannot wait until I'm back in store. Well, the thing is... Bitches will be fucking pyramiding. I, I, you know what? Cat, cat, I love pyramiding. I love pyramiding now. I love pyramiding. It is so satisfying. The problem is, now it's a compulsion. I can't look at a stack of books (laughs) and not pyramid (laughs) them. You I go know. into another yes, bookstore and I you're do. like, ooh, I do. It's ooh, a real but your books are not in the right order on that <laughs> table, like, no, though. No, please let me fix this. Yeah. Please let me yeah. fix this. I think yeah. that you've got that wrong because there's one that's like all the way down there. Wow. And there's one next to it that's like so tall. Like so glad this one's clearly selling, that. but it looks really bad. Have you thought of just like scoot and scooting and then scoot and then you- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like you have to do it like. Multiple times a day. Where are your book stands? I think one's missing. I'll put. I'll find. Do you want me to find it? It's probably under a table. I'll go find it. I know it's under a table. Where's your overstock? Yeah. Yeah. 
because <laughs> this need, this pile needs to be higher. Also, as a as a buyer, do not ever ignore the the one book on the table that has one book left because most likely that's the book that's actually been selling the yeah. best. Yeah. So don't look at one and be like, "Ooh, that's not a popular book." Look at one or, and be like, "Oh shit!" Weirdly, actually. Well, sometimes no, sorry, so, sometimes it is we just have not been able to get rid of that one book. But uh, <laughs> uh, I will say, weirdly, people who come up and are like, this book's on sale. Why? Did you hate it? <laughs> Love that question. I'm like, no, we put it on sale so more people will buy it, I don't think it, you bitch. know how sales work. I don't think you know how that <laughs> yeah. works. Sales sales bring attention to the yeah. book. They don't take them away. Well, oh, you must, you must yeah. have really not liked this book, huh? Didn't it just come out? Why is it on sale? <laughs> Um, but I wow, we never got that question because we didn't really have well, sales. That's fair. We we. But I'll also really say, know. if you want to buy like a bunch of books that are in the way higher stacks and not the ones that are just one or two, that'd be great. Actually. That would also be good. Hey, if you want to buy a yeah, bunch buy of hardcovers, that's cool. Yes, I know that they're covers. like thirty bucks now, which sucks. It does, but please, please buy, buy them. them. Yeah, but also they're pretty. They are pretty. They're so pretty. It makes a better library. Um, it does. Okay, so as we are closing in on the end here, I wanted to to, to finish this off. I have so many more thoughts. I know, I know we're like 40 minutes in almost. Oh, yeah. Wow, we guys. could do an hour. And also- Poor cat needs to eat before she just tanks. Yeah, that's okay. Um, But I wanted to end this with a, a little bit more pointed direction. Specifically because- Romance novelists do not feel like they have a space in most bookstores. They do not feel that they, like, like as in, they do not feel like they are welcome. Their work is welcome in bookstores that it won't be sold. Which, objectively, me, me, Abigail, I'll sell the fuck out of your romance novels. It's all, all I do all day, every day, pretty much, uh, if I can. It's what I do with this podcast. I was just talking to Amalia Dillon about it on Twitter. She's like, my entire TBR pile is is romance novels you suggested me now. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so how do we get romance novelists to feel like they are confident enough to go into bookstores and say, hey, sell my book? Like, what can we equip them with? Oh, I have many, many thoughts. Okay. But I feel like I'm... I mean, Ellie. there's statistics that say that romance novels are some of the best selling books just in the it's book It's like industry. a $4 billion industry, the, yes. Yes. The issue is that a lot of – I feel like a lot of people don't think to go to a bookstore when they're getting their romance novels unless it's a bookstore that is like – the ones you go to in the unless airport. it's a checkout line at a supermarket, I yeah, I, yeah. but I, I there's that stigma against which them. Yeah. which I think is self perpetuating, right? Like it's it it's self perpetuating. If they Very don't see so. romance novels in the store, they are going to assume that romance novels do not belong in the store, which means that they should not be looking in a store for romance novels. Like, I will I will tell you right now that. At this very moment in our lives in publishing, romance novels are having their day in a way that I can't even describe to you. There's always trends and themes in in book selling, but right now it's a resurgence of romance novels. So if you were going to do it, now's the, time. now's the time. Now's the time. There are so many new people being published. And, and a lot of the reason why this is happening is because the book industry as a whole is trying to embrace a more inclusive voice, mm-hmm. right? So it's 
POC authors, it is queer authors. Like these are the things that readers are demanding to see. And it's amazing because the publishers are listening and responding. So when I bought a couple years ago, there was a gay romance novel that came out called, um, what is it? Red, white, and pink. Right? Red, white, and royal blue, you Red, white, plebeian. and royal blue. Sorry. It's such a good book. I love it. it but I is. have too much in my head. Ugh, and it's disgusting. this incredible book. And I was like, are you kidding me? There's finally like a gay romance novel that I can put on my table that that is, you know, published by a major publisher. And I know it can sell because the cover doesn't suck. I'm so sorry. But yeah, I, I was yeah. so excited. And I looked at the rep and I was like, this is what I want. I will tell you every single like young woman in my store will buy this book and it's become huge. Yeah. Yeah. I am hoping to do the same with the book, something to talk about because that is one of the first lesbian romances. Although technically it's one lesbian and one bisexual woman uh, that I have seen that is like a non self published novel that like the cover actually looks good. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, we're looking for these things. We, I think it's, it's, again, it's the self-perpetuating cycle, right? Like if, if romance novelists do not feel like their, their books are welcome in stores, they're not going to try to get them in stores, which means that we don't hear about them, which means that we only see the ones that are not great or the ones that are pushed really heavily by publishers. And then we also assume, I, 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 you know, how many booksellers have I heard who are like, Oh, yeah. Like having a romance novel section in your bookstore is a joke, right? Like it's just there's a stigma. I would get yelled at me. I, I yelled at you multiple times. Sort of, I did. It's it's I ha- I made some some missteps, some errors in my judgment, but I was one of those people that was like, you know, a romance section to me is all Nora Roberts, Julia Quinn and Daniel yeah. Steele. That's what they published, and I wasn't excited about any of them, mm-hmm. not to my defense at all, because there's so many other authors out there. I just wasn't taking the time to search for them. So I made the romance section really, really small so I could have a bigger sci-fi and fantasy section. So <laughs> like, really oh, the look over. on Abigail's so face. It Murder! Really, it was so, so small. But now I think people understand that that there's no shame in reading or writing a romance. Y'all, and the more people the world that perpetuate is on fucking that. fire. Take the joy by the horns. Seriously. That's what that's Literally. what I've been telling people. Every time someone comes up and whether or not they're asking for a romance novel, novel. I'm never going to be able to stop doing that. Anyways, <laughs> every time they ask or they don't ask for a romance novel, I if I am recommending one and it always starts this conversation and I'm I just say, look, romance novels are wonderful because you always know that you will get a happy yes. ending and I'm not talking about the sex. You always know you will get a happy ending because that is inherently what is going on in a that romance novel. That is literally and s- we have two requirements to be romance novel, romance happy ending. That's it. Yeah. And and sometimes all you need is something where you have Two people or more, there's romance novels with more, who fall in love and are happy at the end. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's what you want. And I, I, you know, I've taken to to kind of, I, you know, I'm waging my own war against the romance stigma, right? Uh, whenever like a teenage girl comes up and is like, hey, 
can I can I get or not even teenage girl like it, it tends to be this way but I'll I do it for anybody really uh they come up and they're like hey can I get this book and I notice that the first book that they asked for has like have your romance in it I just ask them like okay well you know we don't have that book but are you looking for books that have romance in them and inevitably these kids or whatever are like yeah I'm like yes. okay let me get some stuff for you um yeah. and, and you know I think it would have been really cool if somebody had had asked me that, but like that wasn't necessarily kosher at the you know until recently. No, it wasn't. It was a totally different different atmosphere. I mean, people still have a problem with reading. They think reading is supposed to be, you know, like really heavy yeah. fiction, like in literature, and it has to be serious or serious nonfiction. But you it can has also to be read for the betterment just of for your fun. mind. Yeah, it can also just be. For fun, in the same way you watch a TV show for fun, you can also do the same with a book. And and, and if and it were to really, you're not necessarily well, not getting those things from romance novels either. Yeah, um, yeah. There's so much more going yeah. on. Like it just because it has a happy ending doesn't mean it's a bad book. No, like, they're allowed to be happy. We're allowed to be happy individuals. Yeah. And I and I think that if we want to just start at the very basics of like fine, you're not an author, right? You don't work in the industry. You're not a bookseller. What can you do as a person to sort of spread the love of romance novels is do exactly what Abigail did to me is do not let the stereotype be perpetuated. If someone says like, oh, you like Twilight? Ew. Or like, oh, like romance, like scoffing at someone who wants to read a romance novel, stop that Cut that shit out. I'd be like, that's actually okay for me to like these books. These books are fun. I have a great time reading them. They're well-written. I love the characters. Yeah, I... You You know what I am going to judge someone Mm. for? (laughs) Reading a book by Ben Shapiro. I'll judge... You know what I'm not going to judge someone for? Wanting to read a book about a goth girl who gets abducted by a scorpion man. Why Ben (laughs) Shapiro? He sucks. He sucks. Yeah, that guy sucks. I wait. Are you talking about like Obama's? Um, no, he's the guy. No, no, no. Ben Shapiro. He's like a Who conservative, like ben proud boys is? light, like nonsense. Yeah, he is. He's the up. guy who got a lot. He he's like the gateway drug to white. Yeah, supremacy. like alt right shit. Oh, his face. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's got the squirreliest little voice. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to judge you if you want to buy a Ben Shapiro book. No, we don't have any. But I'm not going to judge you if you want to read romance. Fascinating. Unless it's romance about Ben Shapiro, and then I'm judging you I mean, I think Ben Shapiro does have his own book, and it does have romance in it. But it's bad. Mm. Who am I thinking of? I don't know, bud, but it is not. Literally no idea. (laughs) No idea. Ben Rhodes. I'm so sorry. Ben Rhodes, you're such a lovely person, and your books are great. (laughs) Okay. Wow. So our, our closing wow. closing arguments here. Yes. I know that it's hard, but have somebody else do your cover for you. And also Dear God, please. don't have it be your cousin or your husband or the kid next door. Actually pay somebody who who you d- knows what they're doing. Artists artists have portfolios. Find an artist look through their portfolio, their entire portfolio, and figure out if you like their art style and if you think that it will work well for what you want. And then have an interview with them. Rule of thumb, just off the bat, 
just here, I'm just going to make, even if, hey, even if you don't listen to your friend Abigail, local podcaster Abigail, local illustrator, podcaster, book, bookseller, author Abigail, li- listen, if if you don't listen to me about anything else, listen to me about this. Oh, that was fucking disgusting, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. <laughs> Allie just ate, like, a Cadbury egg, and it, like, dribbled out of her mouth. Like, nutrient slurry. (laughs) I had a fucking point, you monster! You remember, you remember... The best part was the look on your face of, like, utter shock and horror. (laughs) You remember how I said I wasn't going to talk so much so that I wouldn't embarrass myself? You fucking ghoul. <laughs> Not talking to the world. No. God. Can I finish my fucking point, you nasty, nasty little gremlin? Okay. If you listen to no, me about bitch. nothing else, no. please, please, please limit yourself to two fonts. Preferably mm. just the one. Swear mm-hmm. to God, the t- fastest way to look cheap is to use more than two fonts. Preferably, again, I'm just going to reiterate, again, just the one. But if you must, and for make it legible. To make it legible. Also, <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. I, I understand, and I even have my own my own logo for the podcast is kind of a cursive font. Also, from an accessibility standpoint, it is not always the easiest for people mm. to read. Um, mm. if, if you have things like... For accessibility, go with Comic Sans. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Sans Serif. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, to, to sum up here, like, if you can, the book covers really do matter. And I know that sucks, but it does. Um, and, hey, you know what? Also, uh, what, what, cat? Also, also, the cover matters. We've talked about if you're a self-published author, consignment. Yes. Can't strung. Sorry. If you're a shashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashashash
Oh my god. Okay, so don't be shy. Good book covers. Um, also, if you can get your shit on Ingram. Mm. Yeah, Ingram is the. Um, there is only one wholesaler now in the whole entire country for bookstores. I know that doesn't mean much to you right now, but if you're wondering why you're looking for a book that was published eight years ago and not one bookstore carries it, it's because we all order from the same wholesaler. There's only one. It's very difficult. Yeah. But they did a really good job helping books survive through yeah, COVID. Yeah, and there's they actually did a really I think, solid job. Uh, so. Ingram Spark, right? Is there like a self-publishing route? Yes. I don't know much about that. I do know that a fair few of the authors that you know I read and I, I promote on the podcast, I I go to work sometimes and I'll I'll be thinking about an episode. I'll just do a quick search, like okay, what do they have on Ingram? Um, and I I realize that one of my favorite authors uh, does not have any of her books on Ingram. And I was like. No, how can I sell these books now? <laughs> how can I sell these books yeah, in the store? No I actively in. am trying to sell these books when I'm at work, not just on this podcast. So keep that in mind, authors. Partly because it's her job. Yes. Which is, yeah. Yeah. It's your job to sell books. Yeah. And I would like to sell the books that I enjoy. And I'd like to sell these books. Like, yeah, I think it's really cool yeah. that to if I were a self-published author, which I'm not yet. Maybe it will be in the future. I don't know. But if I were, it would super tickle me to know that, like, my books, despite being self-published and me doing probably all the selling online as much as I can, are actively being sold by booksellers despite the fact that it didn't take the traditional route. That's fucking cool. That's pretty cool. So, like... I mean, if you self-publish, which I feel like you're probably going to get a book deal because it's very good, but if you self-publish, I'll still fucking sell it. Thank you. Thank you. Even if I have, like, a really nasty gray cover... No. With, like, one dove in the middle of, like, a black... I hate you. We don't love you that much. That's fair. That's fair. There there are limits to our love. Also, we run a business. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you want me to design sell. your cover? Do you want me to design your cover? Because um, that would go really well. I'm no. Cool. I can design that your would cover. Be, wait, that wait, would, would be. You, wait, wait, wait. Would you rather have me or Allie design your cover? You want to see some of my art? I feel like no, no. Don't. She has to answer. I. Uh, can't I just have a marketing so you're team? A phenomenal artist. Don't show her. I mean, your that's art. not. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad either. Listen, listen. No, it's great. Why can't what y'all just you, bundle? Allie? Why can't I bundle your grundles and make you my marketing team and y'all can collaborate? Abigail, okay. stop trying to give people jobs as a way. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she's done that for everyone. She's like, it's fine. You can be my manager later. Oh, it's okay. You'll be my agent yes. later. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I don't have to Stupid. choose. It's fine. I don't have to choose to so let you go. You pay go. for Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like I want work work for me later when I can afford you so that then we don't have to be separated. Oh, that's so sweet. That's that not is the real reason. Very but that's cute. very, very I'll sweet. Also, I guess mildly competent. And Fuck I have trust you, issues. Abigail. I am not, but thank you <laughs> for suggesting it. Okay. Well, I don't know if we helped. I hope we did. I, I hope you know, I hope we get romance novels into bookstores. I hope that I don't know. I, I I hope this didn't come off as judgy. Um, it's hard. It's hard, especially when you don't know, like, anything about the industry or everything you've learned. You've had to learn on your own through the internet. And you're you're yeah. a self-published author with a different day job. And and you, you're not an artist. And you're just doing your fucking best. And you're working with limited resources. It's difficult. Um, 
I have mad respect for anyone who puts themselves out there. Even if you you objectively write books that you think are just the stupidest, smuttiest, nastiest stuff and you do it just for the fun of it, that's still that's still pretty cool. Um and and I I I think that you have to remember that booksellers still exist. Booksellers want to help you. Even when you write a nasty, nasty book about a goth girl who falls in love with a scorpion alien man who gives her her nutrient slurry through his dongus. Um, like, <laughs> there were a lot of words there that <laughs> that were not fully English. They were ab, 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 Abigail English. Abigailian? Ab- Abigailian. You know what's, you know what's wild? Yep. What's wild? Is that I have an influence on people now. Yeah, I, I know. Yes, I fucking know. I Thank know. You. I say the things you say. <laughs> I say clear? those things. And sometimes when I talked when I talked to Katarina before she had experienced us talking to each other, she was like, You've worked with Abigail. Yeah, I was like, you picked that up from abs. Yeah. I say I say Boise like oh Boise. Boise. Oh Boise. All the time. All it's, the fucking time. I don't I've know started where saying came from. dingus. I've been in California my whole life. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Boise, never been there. <laughs> you know, you know, it's fun because my sphere of influence has expanded with the pod, I right? Hate it. So now I'm also affecting strangers. And that means that, like, I get emails like I got last night, which was, hey, I say, sexy disease and aliens now, and I can't fucking stop. <laughs> Okay, you need to create another Discord, which is basically like a therapy support group for yeah. the effects of yeah. traumatized by yeah. your, the, the human shrapnel that I create in my wake. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's true. Yeah, seriously. Okay, did we even really cover like how important book selling is, though? I feel no, like we, we did. I know we discuss. we we did no, talk about we like didn't actually discuss book selling. We talked about book selling at the top. What did you? What What else did we talk about? It wasn't all scorpion no. penises, abs, alley, Jesus. We, we could have been. <laughs> hey, we can do that episode if you want, fam. The scorpion penis episode? Yes. And also the, the subsequent uh, sequels, which involve tentacles and what all. Uh, yes, you yeah. did tell me that Cthulhu featured it, not Cthulhu. No. Kraken. He's part Kraken. Oh, the Kraken one's fun. No, no, no. They, yeah. both, come, they both come from the sea, okay? Well, okay, so <laughs> we're... We did talk about bookselling. We did talk about how important Tangent. it is because because we talked about how a bookseller is integral to selling a book frequently over time. Yes. That's okay. True. Yes. Like okay, if you want true. someone I in your no corner, it's a bookseller. Place. A rep will only represent you for the season in which for your your book comes out. Yes. We yes. will represent you probably for a lifetime because we have like a Rolodex of books that we keep in the back of our minds. And that's who, what we recommend so to everybody. So yeah. you want to get in there. I don't know any of their titles or authors, but I do know where they are on the shelf. So yes. don't judge me if I don't remember the yes. title. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I do. Although yeah. if you try to describe a book to me, weirdly, I will maybe remember the title. I've gotten really probably. good at Googling. <laughs> When people are like, yeah. oh, it's this thing. And I'm like, uh-huh, sure, yeah, I totally, yeah, I can piece that together, uh-huh. And I'm just like frantically Googling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I will also say, yes, I agree about the importance of just be nice to your book. So oh, please. Just be kind. Please just be, be nice kind. And like, I'm they not just... saying like favors or anything. Just be a generally decent person. Favors, though. Like, that's it. That's all do it takes. help. Favors are fine. <laughs> 
I mean, what kind of favor are we talking about? Actually, the biggest favor, the biggest favor you could do is never fucking tell me you're going to buy a book on Amazon. Ooh, I don't care. Yeah, don't. Mm-mm. Do it. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell we me. Know. I'm pretty sure yeah. about We know. Podcast. We or, know you're yeah. going to buy a book on yeah. Amazon. We understand yeah. that. We don't oh need you God. to tell us. I just, I really yeah. wanted to give you this business, but. Or. But like, do you price match? What bothers like, me, no, I, I think the most to. is the people who so clearly are fishing for compliments for doing like the basic human, like decent thing mm-hmm. to do. The people who do buy books, yes. And then who look me in my own two human eyes, Ugh. maybe three if we're counting the third one. And and they look <laughs> me in my face and they say mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. you know, I just love to help you instead of Amazon. Oh my and God. I have to look them in their human face, their squinty, beady little bug eyes, and say, oh, we really <laughs> appreciate that. Bitch, you want us here. We're doing you a service. You're getting concierge yeah. book service, especially right now. I curate a, a beautiful list of books for you. I sell yeah. them to you. I tell you exactly what these books are about. I tell you why I think you personally would like them. That is fantastic service i'm doing something for you for your benefit and you have the gall to look me in the eye and expect me to say thank you for not (laughs) spending your money on a meat grinder of a company a human garbage disposal of a corporation fucking god Oh, we really started something beautiful. Yeah, oh my I like god! I wish you could see this Ooh, video. The expressions there is finger pointing, mm-hmm. but literally, but truth though, because there is oh, a yeah. service that booksellers provide that. Well, that sounds wrong. We anyway, do that too to you, buddy. <laughs> to you, <laughs> we we do a lot, and yes. you will miss us if we're not there. Now, if the book I know is it's... only published off of Amazon, and it's a romance writer who needs the love, then like that's, that's fine. fine. Yeah, we're not trying to shame you for no. it. Just like if you come into the shop and you ask me for personal recommendations, and then you leave, say thank you very much, took pictures of them, motherfucker. I know where you're going. Yeah. I know you're going to go buy them off of Amazon. I'm not stupid. Yeah, but you're or welcome you... for my knowledge come up to the bookstore and you say, oh, hey, do you have this book? And I say, yes. And I go and get it. And you say, oh, how expensive is it? And I say, oh, it's this much with tax. And you say, oh, it's $7 on Amazon. Cool. That's cool. Thank you. That's great. I love that I love that that's how much your human soul costs. Yeah. Very cheap. See you in Thank hell. you. There's actually – there's a Pearls Before Swine um, – strip in the in the bathroom that abigail i'm sure has so seen. many times yeah i just when i eliminate every once yeah while. Mm-hmm. thank you you're welcome um <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's uh sorry 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 professionalism when i liquefy my assets <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's essentially like it's essentially saying like look yeah, you can get everything on Amazon, but if you want an actual recommendation for a real person, whether that is yourself or someone else, if you don't have bookstores, and there are so many communities that are figuring this out because there are so many communities that are bookstore deserts yeah, where you do not have that service. You don't have that at You don't all. have the knowledge. You, have you f- don't have the institutional yeah. knowledge of a bookstore. Yeah. yeah. And you have to try to figure it out on Goodreads or through the reviews on Amazon or through your friends, which I'm not saying that those aren't good options, 
And I'm not saying that going to the library isn't a great option. There are also librarians out there who like will definitely recommend you a lot of great friggin' books. But having a bookseller there to actually give you a description of why they liked it, why you will like it, is so incredibly Listen, useful. you are not working in a bookstore unless you love reading. Like, you're just, you're yeah, just not. I, you're just not. I can't. I don't know how to read, though. Uh, well, see, <laughs> I didn't say that you knew how. I just said that you loved it. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. true. I mean, no no bookstore is going to hire you if not. Yeah. I mean, it's not the only reason why we're going to hire you. Loving books is a very small part. You actually it's You're right. It is also how how quickly you wrap service. gifts. That is also true. That's <laughs> yeah, why that's I was hired. There's, there's a test. But, uh, but so, yeah. Katarina, you and I are going to do a gift wrapping competition and I'm going to win. Hey, hey, oh, real no, quick, since we're here, I'm going to I'm going to dunk <laughs> I'm going to dunk on Andrew for being the worst gift wrapper. Oh my god, literally the <laughs> worst gift wrapper in the entire world. I love him. I love him. I love him so much. He kind of makes a sack around just any he old book. He tries so hard <laughs> and, and he, it takes him 20 minutes. Yeah. And I I I we need to give him all of the shelf spacers to rewrap and then rewrap again and then rewrap again and again and again until he gets it. He right. has this amazing ability so to much. wrap a normal paperback, just one single paperback, and somehow make it look mm-hmm. like he's trying to wrap a grapefruit. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is accurate. Oh, poor Andrew. Yeah, so wait, 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 let's go back to this. This you just No, I am going to win. Though. Abs, who do you think would do better though? Who would do better? Yeah, you've seen me and Allie. Rap. Are we doing like okay? What are my parameters? Uh, quickness, uh, skill, and clean edges. Okay, so all of the fucking bub. Stop getting out of this. You're faster. Allie does it better. <gasps> yeah. Wait, she's faster. Oh than yeah, me? Kat's super super fast. How is she faster than me? I've been doing this since I was fucking twelve. She's just more oh, dexterous. For it, my mom really, really likes Christmas, and but, I wrap everything. But Allie's edges She's are impeccably clean. Fine, fuck you, Allie. Fuck you. I kind of believe that though. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. Have you seen really her handwriting? Do. Like, yeah, of course, it reflects. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Your handwriting is terrible, Katarina. I love you so much. Yeah, I can't read a damn word. <laughs> not a word. Not an well, not a word. When I come back into the store, and you leave me more cryptic I... notes. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave them I in the shift will. log. Just leave them in the shift log. No, people can no. read that. Fuck the shift log. It's only we didn't have, notes in our only books where we did not have a shift log. We had an esoteric system of, of pieces of paper <laughs> torn up into quarters that then would be no. taped up in various surfaces. No, no, no. Okay. I hate in this. fairness, I tried to do a shift log multiple times. No one fucking did yeah, it. We don't listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> The one yeah, well, that's why like, you got, why, why kept getting you get those esoteric notes. <laughs> they, the owner would come and be like, why can't you get people to write in this notebook about, like, you know, what books are selling and, like, important store information? I'm like, I don't know. You also, because we had to hand it. write it, and that's some bullshit. Ain't gonna do yeah, that. Yeah, just type it. That's yeah, why I a mean, shift log works. Listen, technology. That was not the source we were bookstores is well, really subpar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of our computers is possessed, for sure. Well, the entire store is haunted, for sure, for sure. Is it? Well, yeah, you haven't even... Are. Okay, you, Abigail, Mwah. and Kat, you, neither of you have even seen the basement. So you do not and get not to say Not for lack of, of interest. <laughs> yeah, break okay, down well, there. Okay, well, Abigail, on Monday, actually on Sunday, because we're going to be together on Sunday, yeah. 
on Sunday, I will take you to the basement, which sounds like the worst sentence in the entire world. Oh my God, world. I just realized and I'm working does four make me days sound in a row. Like a sex offender. I know it's been, it's been three so days long in a row. since you've worked that much. Three huh? days in a row. No, Sat- Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, four, four days. days. Oh. Yeah, you can't count. Can no. You? <laughs> no, wicked can't. This is can't. why we hire her. <laughs> uh, oh, that sucks. Are you, why do you use wicked? I don't know. She just, con- she just picks shit up, man. It's not, it, it like, it's as though, like, like, City and state vocabulary has no bounds for Abigail. No. She just picks mm. shit up, no, and and uses it. She and, absorbs and abuses it. it in she any absorbs she it into her uh, gelatinous cube of a vocabulary. <laughs> My brain's like a steel trap of nonsense, and I'll never, uh, you know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's one hundred. Page Page will always say that it's impossible to argue with me. Because mm. I I meet her her argument with a, a sh- like this sheer cliff face of of um ridiculous just, yes that there we go both yeah uh, <laughs> and 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 one of those things is that yes I do absorb anything that tickles me and that includes just nonsense words and and mm. uh, I mean wicked isn't a nonsense word that's just fucking you're not from the East Coast are you. Maybe. Who knows Maybe. at this point? Yeah. Don't get Abigail started on her fucking Andrew, not life. not not the bookstores, Andrew. The various other Andrews that have been on this podcast. There's been a few. V's uh, friend Andrew, who's been on the podcast, who I did the AI episode with, he he got on me for saying choice. He was like, he's like, why do you say choice? Are you from are you from Southern California? And I was like, nah, dog. And he was like, why do you say dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And it's also ruining my vocabulary. It was yes. already ruined. Like no like people actually would actively ask if I was from the Midwest because I say certain words like a f- like a Midwesterner. Well, but see, I say some things and Abigail gives me shit for it, so it's not fair. Um, I didn't say that I wasn't fair? a hypocrite. Abigail gives me shit. She Abigail okay. gives me sh- Oh, you're saying that she does shit like that and then you yes, do it I, and she I, gives you shit. I, I am see. a true Northern California girl, and I may say hella, hella times. <laughs> it's just... I mean, I'm born and raised here, so... Also Do you say hella, that. too? Please tell Some, me you picked I it I stopped up saying too. hella when I was 15 because I grew the fuck up. I stopped saying hella when fuck I was you, 15. Fuck you, Boise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times have I said Gujar in this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so many times. I've hit my limit. <laughs> Okay. Have you? Or, you well, haven't. no. I can say it to you. I'm going to say it to you many more times over the coming days. I'm sure. I know. Don't I'm don't gonna be- see. Don't let Abigail know that you dislike something, or else the only thing she will focus on. I mean, I I know this. I so know hide this. your facial expression. I, I be still. Half be half still. Of, half of me is covered in a mask, and she can still I can tell. Fucking smell it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfume. Well, now I'm smelly, smell apparently. So that's great. All I have to do, I all I have to do, is go up to Allie and be like, "My daddy," and it's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you or, can't, you or can't her on that it bothers or, you. Oh, Flatty, I, I have the bloodies. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. I have a visceral reaction to this shit, and it is impossible to control. She goes past, and I don't know. It's like it's like she drops these little bombs of like. Ooh, what's going to happen now? But it's not like an exciting ooh. It's like an ooh. And she'll go past and sometimes there's nothing. And sometimes she'll go past and she'll whisper to me while pointing at a children's book. Would you fuck this dragon? No, Abigail. I would not fuck that dragon. Well, number one, always fuck the dragon. Number no, two, it is a child. No. That is wings of fire and I am not fucking the child dragon. You don't, have, 
You don't know if it's a child dragon. What if the dragon grew up? Are you telling me you've read every single Wings of Fire book? Yeah, Allie. Because there are 14 plus. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Abigail. Hey, Abigail. I'm going to get you read the Draconi books. You watch out. Also, no. Notice now that when Abigail walks by, like, your vagina clenches up just a little bit. I don't think it's my vagina, actually, although I do really appreciate the face that Abigail made at that. I do really like the face that Abigail made at that. It is definitely not my vagina, partly because no, and partly because that would be a work violation, and she could sue me for that. your vagina clenches? Mm -mm. No, it is my... my, She knows if you tell me. Abigail Abigail tortures you. I know how to torture Abigail. It is a <laughs> Katarina, you are HR. This life. is illegal. <laughs> I'm ending the podcast. The it's done. <laughs> plug your shit if you want to plug it. If not, we're not talking about clenching vaginas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one that brought up shit like Goojers and bloated corpses that explode. It was metaphor. It's all metaphorical. Okay, hey, Miss Metaphor. Your vagina is also a metaphor for getting verbally abused by you. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all right. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been horrible Bookshop, for me. Bookshop. Bookshop.org. Bookshop.org. Thank you. Bookshop.org. <laughs> Buy books from bookshop.org slash shop slash kingdom thirst. It's funny how you two read more romance than I am. And yet, <laughs> than I so am. Than I am. I don't want to hear about my then friend's I sexual do. activities. I just want to hear about nutrient slurry. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ending this podcast now for reals. Okay? I'm not. You guys don't get a plug anymore. You're done. You're done. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom Thirst slash Abigail K. Kelly. Join our Discord, Citizens of Thirst Discord server. Click the link below. I hate you both so much. I hate you. I hope your feet wash upon the shore without shoes. Is this worse than, is this before or after you eat my lungs and chew them up? I don't even want to taste your lungs anymore. If the feet wash up on shore without shoes, is it still funny? Yeah, because it's a foot. You fucking knob. What do you expect? I'm so hungry. Okay. All right. Okay. This has just gone so clear off the rails. Please, please. I'm sorry. Like, this was... This is why we don't record this late. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, okay. I said Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. I don't know why you would, but you can. Email me at kingdomofthirst at uh, gmail.com. Go to our website, kingdomofthirst.com slash contact so you can get stickers if you want them. Uh, the stickers are They're dope great. as hell. Um, oh, awesome. God, I've hell. got to sneeze. Do it. Look at the light. Look at the light. Adorable. I did. <laughs> Please, please still listen to this. Yeah, podcast. please. I'm so yeah, sorry. About sorry about me. <laughs> just ruined it. Sorry about me. At least like these episodes being. are like way lighter than the episodes I just recorded. Those are controversial. Oh, fun. Yes. Uh, but they're only controversial because humans are. Mm. They're controversial because there's like I read about a law in there. I talk about gambling. I talk about a, selling mm. porn to minors. Uh, it's wild. Oh, um, oh yeah. fun. 
No, not fun. Katarina. Not the just exploring the controversy. Oh, Fuck you. Okay. I that is not a COVID safe activity. Yeah. Well, it's okay. A girl can dream. Well, wink. Uh, wink. <sighs> Oh, okay. okay okay uh this has been a podcast i don't know what kind but it has been one a podcast and it is it done now one. thank fuck it's done uh, <laughs> thanks for listening i guess i'm sorry uh please 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 listen to next week's whatever that apologies. is um i mean if it's any consolation for those listening I will not be on the podcast next week or anytime soon. So Probably not. That'll help. <laughs> Abigail is like, fuck both of you. This is taking up my whole night. <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. I'm done with you both. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.